Hi, I'm Steve Addison and this is episode 190 of the Movements Podcast. The podcast for people who want to multiply disciples and churches everywhere. Today we're in Colorado Springs talking to David Garrison, missions leader and author about my latest book, The Rise and Fall of Movements. students of, of movements, of God's movements, uh, particularly among the unreached, but really throughout history and across the world for a long time. And uh, I've always enjoyed uh, reading your books because they give me a different angle, a different perspective on how God's at work in these movements. I'm, I'm just curious, um, what, uh, what compelled you, what inspired you to uh, write this, this latest book, do this research on the rise and fall of movements? Well, I think it was, um, you know, with my first book, Movements That Changed the World, we're really taking a snapshot of what a dynamic movement looks at a point in time. And, um, you know, when I wrote that book, I, I, I sort of was also aware that, you know, that's an ideal state. In the real world, you know, movements are actually rising, they're falling, uh, some are being restored and renewed. And there's a dynamic side to um, any movement that is multiplying disciples and churches. And so we took the, the static uh, but dynamic picture of here's what health looks like and here are their practices. And now this sort of looks at the stages of development from, you know, birth uh, into the growth, uh, maturity, and and then decline, decay, and Lord willing, some opportunity for for new birth or renewal, and just looking at the leadership tasks and challenges at each stage. That's interesting. Now, uh, you often bring in a historical perspective, uh, looking not only at what's happening right now, but sort of through the years. What were some of the movements that uh, caught your attention that you were able to examine? Sure. Well, and one reason I do that is sometimes you need decades or generations to understand the rise and fall. It doesn't typically happen in a, in a, at a, you know, in a speedy way. So we make decisions or we set patterns today, and often there's a lag sometimes of decades before that's worked itself out. So... Um, I had fun jumping around history. We looked at the early church right in those first 300 years. So how did it rise? And, and really, how did it lose the ball around, uh, you know, uh, around 300 AD in terms of uh, missionary advance? And then we looked at groups like the Franciscans under Francis of Assisi, uh, the birth, the growth phase, of course, John Wesley and the Methodists. Um, that sort of plateau, that maturity phase, uh, a group called the Quakers. Um, and, um, and then in decline, we went to uh, the pre-Reformation Catholic Church, the Renaissance Church. Uh, and then finally, um, there's a group called the Student Christian Movement that, uh, that I looked at for decay. It was part of that, you've probably heard of the student volunteer movement. Well, 
this was the, it was a missionary movement on university campuses. And uh, we looked at how it unraveled in terms of gospel faithfulness and advance. Well, that was certainly a powerful movement. My, my own grandmother, um, I talked to her as she was on her deathbed in her 90s. And she talked about filling out one of those little student volunteer cards yeah. when she was just a young uh, college age student. So mm-hmm. I, I love the way you look across history. You know, people would often ask me questions uh, when I wrote about movements in church planning movements or when in the House of Islam. They would say, well, what's the lifespan of these movements? Mm-hmm. And because I was looking at contemporary movements, I would just have to tell them, well, you know, we don't really know yet. These yeah. are still still growing, still emerging, and, and it yet it, we've yet to see uh, what their life is going to be. But because you look back over the whole scope of church history and gave some excellent examples, I think we can take lessons from those and apply them to movements that we're studying and experiencing today. Uh, I'm curious, uh, I, I think I know the answer to this, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you, um, what's the key to... Uh, to the life cycle of these movements, mm-hmm. helping them continue to thrive and grow and not fall into decline. Well, when I started reading and researching and wondering about all of this, you know, I had a draft of this book about 20 years ago. And mm-hmm. um, I think if I'd put it out then, I would have just taken some organizational models of the life cycle and imposed it on on the church of the Lord Jesus, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. um, and look, we're, we're human beings, so yes, a lot of those organisational principles apply. Um, the the aha moment has come in the last couple of years, where I asked that question. Okay, a lot of you know, there's creeping bureaucracy and formalism, and you know, all of this sort of stuff. But what is driving it? They're they're the fruit of the expressions of something going well or something going poorly. Right. And so I went on this 20-year journey and then came back to where I started, and that's the life and ministry of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Um, (laughs) That, you know, everything we need to know is in his person and his example. Um, And we're not... Starting with his methods, um, there's a lot to learn from his methods and his strategy. But in terms of his identity, and, and you know, as I looked at the the Gospels, I saw, you know, what's who is he? You know, in terms of, and and I looked at that story of his baptism and wilderness testing, just at the launch of the movement that we're still a part of, mm. and you know, what just hit me so clearly. Uh, son, submitted to his father's living word. He's a man under the word of God. Uh, Secondly, uh, he's a man dependent and empowered and equipped by the Holy Spirit. And then thirdly, you know, he's come to give his life a ransom for many. He will not be distracted from that. His baptism points forward to his identification with sinners and his death and resurrection, you know, he will not be distracted by, by the enemy from his core missionary task, give his life a ransom for many, and then out of that to launch a, a missionary movement that will multiply disciples and right. churches. 
So those three things, the word, the spirit, the core missionary task, they're the, the essentials, they're the DNA. And, and as we move towards those things, God in his grace works powerfully. As we drift from the continual reminders in the New Testament, don't give up these first things, you know. They're always saying, you know, what you receive, keep doing it. Um, don't get sucked into the world and these other things. So that's what's driving the unraveling of one's dynamic movements. I've got to tell you, Steve, when I first uh, put my hands on your manuscript, I was skeptical. I'm a, I'm a kind of a historian by nature. And it's easier for me to look back and say, well, this is what happened than to predict, you know, what mm. will happen. And I, I first looked at this, I thought, oh, this is talking about what will lead to the decline and, mm. and what the future lifespan of a movement is. But as, as I read your book, I was, I was actually delighted to see that you had reached and really done it much more clearly. You'd reached some of the same conclusions that I had mm. when I was uh, researching the kinds of churches that we saw in church planning movements. And a lot of critics have their idea of what the right church looks like, mm. whether it has elders or deacons or pastors or bishops or all these different uh, functions and roles within the church. And so we, we, I actually set out to, to try to understand what kind of churches are church planning movement churches. And what I discovered was that at their heart, they were continuing the life teachings and ministry of, of Jesus. Yes. Uh, I actually searched the scriptures initially to try to find out, are these consistent with New Testament churches? Mm. Well, I very quickly found that many of the New Testament churches were not exemplary churches themselves. Mm. They were you know, they were lukewarm or they were uh, harboring a, a sin within their, within their walls. But what they all had in common was that they existed because mm. of what Jesus was and yeah. what Jesus did and what Jesus taught. So I love that you've done the same thing in your book and that you're calling churches back to that first love, that first mm. understanding of what a church is about. It's a continuation of what Jesus began, to yes. uh, quote another book title by yes. Steve Addison. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I looked at, uh, just so I looked at Jesus' baptism in wilderness, uh, which launched his, his ministry movement, mm. Between the resurrection and the coming of the spirit of Pentecost, what does Jesus build in as uh, these disciples now, uh, in, in one sense, are to launch uh, with his, his empowering, uh, they're to, to launch the Christian missionary movement in, in, a, in a different phase of Pentecost. So what's Jesus building into them? Well, Luke tells us that he turns up and he says, guys, um, you know, he's the living word, risen from the dead. You just want to listen to Jesus and take notes. Mm -hmm. And he says, uh, we're going to have ourselves a Bible study. <laughs> Pull out your Old Testaments. And from Moses to Malachi, he teaches them from the living word. Yeah. Um, the other thing he does is he says, look, the spirit's coming. It's good I'm going away. Get yourself ready. Get into prayer because a God's spirit is coming upon you. And then the third thing he does, it's that same, you know, Matthew 28 and then in John, uh, a different take on, on but the same message, uh, those, you know, Luke 24, you know, this gospel is going to go to the nations and you're going to multiply disciples and wherever the living word goes, 
Uh, there'll be disciples and churches will form. And I will be with you to the end of the age. So that word spirit mission turns up, you know, in one sense as we follow Christ. And even, even the whole, um, you know, we talked about his baptism and wilderness, you know, for the disciples, the cross was their, their wilderness and they failed. You know, they, they deserted him. There would be no movement without the resurrection and, and, and Jesus' living presence. But as they turn to him and he forgives and restores them, they're still ministering out of that awareness. They've been in the wilderness. We are weak. You know, Jesus never failed, but he experienced his weakness. And now as we pursue this mission, you know what? He's only given us two resources. And they're not one of my books or one of your books. He's just given right. us the <laughs> word and the spirit and the mission. Amen. Thank goodness. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's great. I, I love that. And uh, what I'm seeing also in your book is not just a, a, a historical analysis of movements, but you're also giving a prophetic word to churches today, churches that are also mm. uh, jeopardized uh, by the, the threat of, of decline and fall. Mm. Uh, what's, uh, what's the word, the prophetic word or the challenge that yeah. comes out of this to churches today? Well, I think it's a reassuring word. Mm. That Look, uh, you can get a consultant in, you can do a demographic study, you can get, uh, you know, Butcher, we call it butcher paper, poster board paper or whiteboard and brainstorm your vision and values and all of that. But, you know, at the heart of the renewal of the church, the rebirth of the church as a missionary movement is a return to the life and ministry of Jesus. Amen. The word, yeah. the spirit, the mission, and everyone uses that mission word. Well, let's make it really clear what Jesus is impressing upon his disciples mm. as he's risen from the dead and he's going to be with the Father. The Spirit's coming. What instructions does he give? And then the continuing ministry of the risen Lord through his people with the word and the Spirit, what does that look like? So get that mission right. You know, you can be a church of 15 old people like me um, and you can do those things. And as you engage, and we, we just go in and do simple training as, as and the sort of training actually is happening all around the world just to get people, um, you know, sharing the gospel, connecting with people, making disciples, reading the scriptures and learning to, to follow Jesus. And whatever size or whatever place you are on the life cycle you can see new life that's the, the wonderful news um you know demographic trends cultural trends all of the things are arrayed against guess what we can't control those things they're right. actually in the hands of god mm. but what we can do is is take the example of jesus and the ministry of jesus and return to it and we're, we've seen Everywhere we, whether it's here in Australia or the UK or, you know, later in the year I'll be in Sri Lanka or, you know, all sorts of places um, where ordinary people start um, just returning to the word, the spirit, the mission. You know, God shows up. Lives start. They may not yet be a multiplying movement, but people will have stories of, of, of 
people coming to Christ and being baptized and learning to follow him as disciples. And that will do wonders for a declining church. Not, not the number thing, but right. in encouragement and faith. The numbers will take care of themselves. Yes. Um, yeah, what I hear again and again in your book is return, return, return. And I suppose in the New Testament, there's another word for that's repent. Mm. Um, yet it's an encouraging word to know that we didn't choose Christ. He chose us. Yeah. And he identified the church as his body. And whether it's a mega church of tens of thousands or whether it's a little house fellowship, uh, two or more gathered, uh, Jesus said, I'm there with you. Mm. And to the extent that we surrender to him and he lives in and through us, then the church is, is alive and well. And it's on the rise and not on the decline and fall. Yes. You know, one, one of my heroes, and we tell his story, is a guy in the 1700s in, uh, in Cambridge called Charles Simeon. And he's pastoring a little dysfunctional church there, well, probably uh, a little sinful church <laughs> in Cambridge. They, he, they didn't like the gospel, so they, they locked him out. <laughs> you know, they, locked, they changed the locks on the church doors. You know, so he's got this battle for a long time in the life of that church. And at the same time, you know, with whatever time he's got left over, He's just discipling, mentoring, training some, some young men at Cambridge. And he's even identifying young evangelicals and raising the money and getting them to Cambridge. Mm-hmm. And then once they've graduated, he's getting them into strategic churches or they're coming to somewhere like Australia as a chaplain in the prison system or as a pastor or church planter. They're, they're evangelical Anglicans. Well, this, this, this guy, just small church, he mentors about 20 students a year. Mm. And he does that for 54 years. That's about a 1,000. Wow. And single-handedly, he turned the whole evangelical wing of the Anglican church around. It was, on, it was in trouble. Mm. And, and now there are hundreds, you know, as a result of that work. And he actually paved the way in Cambridge, uh, you know, a hundred years later for when there was a real move of God and, and some of those, you know, that student volunteer movement, that missionary movement was birthed right. in Cambridge at the same time in the States. Mm. Uh, and so I just, I just remind someone who's, you know, in a, in a small local church and saying, what can I do? You know, well, Simeon didn't get anyone's permission. No one gave him any. Well, he went and raised the funds himself. Um, you know, he just he just lived as though these movement principles. He never went to the ends of the earth, but some of his students did. Right. Um, so it's just a reminder. You know, Jesus didn't start with anything else than than the Word and the Spirit and yeah, His message. Great, and we can so do no this. church. No church, no Christian, regardless of how steep their decline, mm. is, uh, is beyond the reach of, uh, of Jesus if they will just return. Yes. And so whether we're small or large, whether we're institutional or uh, uh, loosely structured, uh, it really comes down to, is Jesus our example? Is Jesus our our uh, uh, force that lives within us through his Holy Spirit? Are we, are we simplifying, as the word demonstrates, what Jesus felt like was important? Uh, yes. 
And the great news is, I mean, we, we mine history for the lessons. But in the last chapter, we, we look at the, the No Place Left coalition around the world. And, you know, only one stream of many streams that are saying, let's take these movement principles and apply them in our own backyard. Mm. So multiple stories of local churches that are coming alive, both uh, people within the life of the church are sharing the gospel and making disciples. And teams are going out into the community to reach people, to disciple and plant churches amongst people who will never come into the church, but they'll mm. discover Christ and form church in their community. Right. And then the other exciting thing is uh, there are churches that have been on this track for three or four years now. The people who are, are going after no place left in their own backyard are now receiving calls to go to the ends of the earth. And so that's sort of pointing the way forward it doesn't have to begin with this huge sort of concept of, well, we're going to fuel a movement now. No, you just, you know, why, why don't you just go visiting homes in your community, offering to pray for needs, sharing a simple gospel presentation and inviting someone to read the Bible with you. And that's happening um, around the Western world. There are glimmers of multiplication because we're looking for generations of disciples and churches, and that's definitely happening. Some of us haven't seen that yet personally, and I'm, I haven't seen that yet, but, but let me tell you, I regularly see people coming mm -hmm. to Christ and going into discipleship, and that was not happening before for, for me in my local ministry and for many others who we've trained, but now it is. That's wonderful. Well, we're working here in the United States with a ministry called Global Gates. It's mm. in Global Gateway Cities, we're trying to see the same thing. Yes. Our passion is not a denomination or a particular expression of church, but to see Jesus Christ and communities of Christ followers emerge among these least reached people groups that are now found in every major city all over mm. the world. And by the grace of God, we're seeing it happen. Yes. I had a fellow from North Africa, Berber, Muslim, who told me uh, his story. He said um, he was actually given a Bible by a Catholic priest, and he began reading about the life of Jesus. He wanted to write a, a story, a, a musical. Actually, he was a musician, wanted to write a musical about Jesus. And he just fell in love with Jesus in the course of this. And some of his Muslim friends warned him. They said, you need to be careful. Uh, don't read that because Jesus, uh, he, he'll mess you up. And he looked at them and he said, he already has me. Oh, <laughs> and he went on from there to, uh, to lead multiple uh, movements that were taking place in North Africa that uh, God is blessing with Jesus being multiplied in the lives of others. And, and who would have thought that, you know, stories like that would begin in cities like New York or London? You know, uh, it's been amazing to see... Mm how God's raised up that, that ministry of Global Gates and, and not only reaching their city, but that is bouncing back to where those pe unreached people groups exactly. have come from. And uh, it's, it's a wonderful mm -hmm. thing to see. It's exciting to be a part of something bigger than ourselves, something that God is doing and birthing a new life and new movements 
among peoples all over the world. Visit movements.net to download a preview of the book and to find out how you can purchase it. I'm Steve Addison for the Movements Podcast.